I bought a one-way plane ticket to Southeast Asia um, the first winter after I graduated college. And so I graduated college. I was just working hard playing club rugby uh, through the uh, sevens and then 15s through the summer and fall, saving up whatever I could. And I knew I didn't really have a totally clear picture of what it was ultimately going to look like me making a living off of rugby. I definitely had a, had a, a love for and I, I thought already an ability at the coaching level. Um, but I'd only really been abroad, um, you know, barely family trip to Niagara Falls. I went on tour to Southeast Asia. Um, but I kind of had the tool, the dual goals of I want to find a way to make rugby what I do for a living. And I want to see that, see the world and travel while I'm young. And, uh, you know, I saved up a few thousand dollars and I bought a one-way ticket, uh, to initially to Hong Kong. Uh, but then shortly thereafter, I bought another one to Phuket, Thailand and lived there, uh, for a little over four months, uh, and then did that, did that then another one. So if, if that, that was definitely one where I'm going to push my boundaries. I'm going to do something different. Join me. Jeremy Swick on Into the Unknown, a podcast that delves into the personal journeys, stories, and experiences of individuals across diverse professions. As a historian by trade, I firmly believe that our personal histories shape our present and offer valuable insights into our paths ahead. With that being said, let's get into it. On this episode of Into the Unknown, I am joined with a very special guest, Mr. Joe Lippert, aka Joski. How are you doing today, Joski? Pretty darn good. Thanks. How about yourself? Hey, man, I can't complain. So, man, the way I kick it off is I always like to talk about the importance of networking. So how do we know each other? Uh, we came across each other in, in Eau Claire. I, uh, I played at UW-Eau Claire, as did you. I had just, I believe, graduated after you started, but I was still around Eau Claire a couple days a week because I worked uh, worked a couple jobs in the area. And you kind of were coming through, uh, coming through the college right after me. And uh, I guess I helped out with the boys and was around every once in a while when I could be. And uh, that's I. We met in college. It's funny, man. It's funny because I think our times overlap just a little bit, but enough where there was about a solid fourteen years of people that we all loosely knew. <laughs> it, yeah, I was officially there for five. You were officially there for an amount of years. And uh, I think like they, there was there's overlap in like your first two or three years was my two or three years where I was I was living abroad during the winters. But I was uh, pretty much from April to no end of November. I was in uh, in the Chippewa Valley uh, at least three days a week working, working. And so uh, you guys saw plenty of me. Hey, rugby. It's one of those things where, as you know, you can go years and decades without seeing people. But. When you see each other again, it's like nothing's changed, and you bring up the same stories every time. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a big. Uh, it's a big. People describe it as a fraternity. It's like a big family. I mean, you go anywhere and you play rugby and you join a new team. You've got you've got a built-in support system and a group of good people who are going to take care of you. And it's a it's really a brotherhood and a sisterhood for the people who are uh, fortunate enough to go out there and, and compete and play play this wonderful sport. Joski, I couldn't agree more. You know, I've. Unfortunately, I've lived in about seven cities and four states at this point back in Wisconsin, but I just kept playing rugby everywhere I went because I knew it forced me to get out, do something, make 40 friends. You only have to really like a few of them. But in, in general, you know, it's funny because with the rugby, it's all kind of the same wherever you go. There's guys that remind you of guys you played with in college or back in the day and you know, it's just uh, it's just one of those really awesome sports. Every team has like a cer certain caricatures of players, like at every team, like some cranky little guy, some, some big jolly guy, some guy who's obsessed with craft beer. Like there's like, you can see these caricatures, any rugby team you go to. And 
there's of course individual differences, but the the whole like family feeling of it is the same. It's really great, man. I want to know a little bit about you. What's your origin story? Think like comic book issue number one. Oh, comic book issue number one. I was born in Rochester, Minnesota. I'm not so proud of that, but my parents were bouncing around when I was a kid for their careers um, around the Midwest a lot. And then we ended up really settling it where my parents are both from, which is a little town in Wisconsin called Pittsville. Uh, they bought an acreage there and built their dream house outside of there. So I spent, I did most of my young years. I uh, grew up in Pittsville, Wisconsin. The family dairy farm was down the road that my cousin now now runs. Um, I, I had one grandma who lived like between our house and the farm. I had a, the other grandma who lived in town a couple blocks from the school. Uh, so my grandmothers were really involved in my life. Uh, I would say I can't even think of a, a way to describe my childhood in a superhero way. It was it was pretty small town idyllic and learned the value of hard work uh, and had a lot of people who cared about me uh, kind of looking out for me and and kind of help, helping carrying the, the daily load of uh, raising me and my sisters. So um, from there, I, I went to UW-Eau Claire. I kind of, I uh, basketball, football, baseball, um, I enjoyed them, but I was kind of burnt out. Um, and I just had decided I'm going to try something new with rugby. And a gentleman named Jamie Colbeck, who was from Pittsville, is about 10 years older than me, and ended up uh, representing the USA actually in sevens before the sevens World Series was a thing. And his father uh, coached me in baseball. And I always remembered Jamie would be coming back. And he went to UW-Eau Claire, too. And he was talking about what a great time he was having with rugby. And then I kind of saw how it took in places in the world. And I just decided I was going to give it a go uh, when I started college and absolutely loved it. Um, just, um, you know, fell into it and then kind of uh, by happenstance ended up uh, running the team at Eau Claire and decided at the end of college I wanted to find a way to pursue it as my career, um, which isn't re wasn't realistic for a 22-year-old, um, you know, a little over 15 years ago, uh, but I knew I'd have to grind. And so I kind of bounced around, took coaching jobs, provided value, helped out wherever um, I could, where I thought I could be influential and help a team, and eventually got to the point where I started getting paid to coach. Uh, and now I've been doing that for a little over 10 years, uh, currently at Iowa Central Community College. Uh, we're the only two-year school in the country with a high-performance rugby program. Uh, and I would say probably a good half of our players actually get trade degrees. Uh, we used to have guys who get two-year degrees and then transfer out to top four-year schools. But a big chunk of our kids come, they get real real-life skills in the trades, and then they move on. A lot of them keep playing club rugby, um, but we really we bring a lot of talent in and we develop some great young men here at Iowa Central. So I'm, I'm really proud of, of kind of my whole journey being a small town, rural Wisconsin guy who still is, gets back there all the time. Um, but I'm Midwest through and through, I guess I would say that. And uh, rugby's really taken me all over the world. And the number of experiences uh, and places I've got to go in kind of building that reputation, you know, when I was doing it for free and now since I've been doing it professionally uh, has been really, really rewarding. When you're providing value, when you're finding ways to help out, was that a means to an end? Was that a means to get a coaching job or is it just you just kept doing what you could do to stay involved? I. It's, it's a both, you know, there's a love to it. And there was a realization when I kind of made up my mind, I told myself I would give it a decade. And if I, you know, if I woke up and I was 32 and I wasn't making a living off of rugby, then maybe it'd be time to pivot and do something else. And along the way, I also was, was gathering skills. So kind of with providing value, um, you know, I worked in the hospitality um, industry for a long time. I had a lot of agriculture related stuff. Uh, I have CDLs now. I can drive big trucks, buses, things like that. So I was always trying to acquire skills that could you know, provide value in whatever capacity that was. It definitely was a labor of love at first. And I was certainly ready to give it 10 years 
um, before I really started making a living with it. As, as it happened, um, I think I did okay. And uh, it, it took me about six and a half, seven years from the time I kind of like made that conscious decision uh, to the point where I was like making a full-time living as a rugby coach. But yeah, providing value, like you can't, like going into something with your hand out immediately uh, is a recipe for disaster. You, you've got to enjoy it and want to do it and love it um, while also looking out for yourself and looking to build those skills and experiences that ultimately will, will, um, will provide value for others and have value flow back to you. But uh, yeah, you provide value first and the rewards for yourself will definitely come. I love that you said that it'll flow back to you. I think it's so important to, I don't think be idealistic in saying if I just keep giving every way all the time for free, nothing, something will happen, but rather you're finding ways to just work with people. And I think a lot of times in rugby, I think in life in general, people see the work and effort you're putting out there and, you know, finding ways to help you in return, whatever, whether it's monetarily or, you know, new opportunities. I think you start to build, like you have a, a quite a large reputation in the rugby community. And I'm sure that's from those years of making it a labor of love. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a compounding effect, especially when with, with many things we do in life, but especially when it comes to gathering skills, providing value for other people, being good at what you do. Um, you know, I, I have people who I won't, won't hear from for several years and, and they'll be in touch and, and maybe they need help with their team. Maybe they've got an opportunity. Um, providing value for others will eventually, eventually work out for you. So Joski, what was your first paid coaching gig? First paid coaching gig of any kind was with the Wisconsin Rugby Club in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, that was not full time, but that was, you know, I got a stipend. Um, and they took they took care of me. That that was D two men's. So that would have been in the fall of 2011. That was when I the, the first rugby job that I properly got paid for. I love that. I love that. Are you still playing at all? I still play uh, whenever I possibly can, which isn't that often because as a college coach, we're usually playing on the weekends. I snuck in a club match, one club match this last fall. Usually get most of my personal rugby in during the summer. Uh, and then I'll usually, I've managed, COVID interrupted it for about a year and a half, two years, but usually at least once a year, I've gone on an international tour. Uh, and I've been putting, I've started now bringing friends along and, uh, and bringing a team of my own to some different international tournaments, mostly in Southeast Asia. Um, so yeah, I still get out on the pitch whenever I can. Uh, not as much as I would like, but, you know, trade-offs and uh, it's, ni- it's nice to make a living as a coach too. Yeah, I, I can imagine. On everyone's journey, man, we take a, take a chance, we... You go east, you go west, not really knowing the outcome. Can you give me a time in your life where you made a decision just and went for it? Yeah, I would definitely say um, I bought a one-way plane ticket to Southeast Asia um, the first winter after I graduated college. And so I graduated college. I was just working hard playing club rugby uh, through the uh, sevens and then 15s through the summer and fall, saving up whatever I could. And I knew I didn't really have a totally clear picture of what it was ultimately going to look like me making a living off of rugby. I definitely had a, had a, a love for, and I, I thought already an ability at the coaching level. Um, but I'd only really been abroad, um, you know, barely family trip to Niagara Falls. I went on tour to Southeast Asia. Um, but I kind of had the tool, the dual goals of I want to find a way to make rugby what I do for a living, and I want to see the see the world and travel while I'm young. And uh, you know, I saved up a few thousand dollars and I bought a one way ticket uh, to initially to Hong Kong. 
Uh, but then shortly thereafter, I bought another one to Phuket, Thailand and lived there uh, for a little over four months uh, and then did that, did that then another one. So if, if that that's, was definitely one where I'm going to push my boundaries. I'm going to do something different. Really not even that rugby related, although I have a great team in Bangkok. Um, I stay up with, uh, I get together with those boys and play. Um, but that was just stretching myself. It was kind of, hey, there's no rugby season during the winter. Let's do the, let's, let's get out and do the travel thing. Meanwhile, to keep in shape, keep learning, keep cultivating, keep watching, uh, get out there and participate whenever I could. Um, I would definitely say buying a, a one-way plane ticket uh, to Southeast Asia as a you know a 23, 22-year-old, 23-year-old, um, just gra- college graduate, instead of kind of what most of my peers were doing and starting their careers with entry-level jobs during the financial crisis. Um, that took uh, definitely took a little bit of uh, thinking outside the box and willingness to just jump and go with it and trust your instincts. And I love that. So let's let's forward into coaching a little bit. What is something when you first meet players or potential recruits? What do you sell them about potentially going to your school? Well, for our school specifically, I, I really think the the two year school, the fact that we're the only two year program in the country that has a high performance rugby program, like a, a serious one with paid staff, we're part of the athletic department. I mean, I'm in my office right now, the AD's office, the athletic director's two doors down from me. Um, we're very unique in that as a two-year school. There's a lot of kids, I was seeing this too, that they're not cut out for four-year, but they're also, they probably at 18, 19 year old, years old aren't ready to just jump into the club side of the game either. And to be able to have kids come here and get a, a carpentry degree, a welding degree, uh, electrical engineering stuff, um, over half of our players get a trade degree and then usually go into working in that trade. I would say other ones, HVAC, uh, fire science, these are the really popular. Um, so a lot, some of that's gonna be kind of feeling out what what the, is the kid looking at from an education perspective, but I feel really confident in Iowa Central Community College that our value proposition as a educational institute and a rugby team in, in conjunction with that is is second to none. We're, we're totally unique uh, in, the, in the country as far as rugby goes. Joske, I love that. I see all the amazing things you guys are doing over there. I'll title the podcast, Into the Unknown. What are you working on? What's next for Joski? Paul, what's next for me? I mean, I've always I've always kind of got my heart back in central Wisconsin. Um, a couple of years ago, I bought some land uh, that kind of borders my uh, my parents and my, co- and my cousin. So uh, I'm always going to get back there as often as I can and <laughs> chase after deer or uh, or improve the land or help my parents out. Um, but you know, I'm right now. I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing, and I really do believe that our mission here at Iowa Central is is unique and special. So honestly, right now, I'm focused on uh, on making the kids I have better better men uh, and better rugby players, and getting them a, an education that's valuable and that will propel them forward in their life. Um, I will definitely say, if there's one other thing. That like what's going on is I'm actually driving down to Texas tomorrow. Um, you know, I could have flown, uh, but we got to we got to pick up a couple of rental vehicles and we got kids that can't afford the flight. And so as a coaching staff, we just decided, hey, let's let's buck up. So I'm going to be in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'll get there probably about 9 a.m. on Thursday. We got a training Thursday, training Friday, and then we play Saturday and Sunday. So that's a big one as far as in the short term. That's one. And then uh, for Iowa Central, we've got our first sevens tournament of the spring Looks like it's going to be down in Florida at the end of February. So I, I would imagine between now and then we're going to get smoked with some winter weather, and I'm going to be really happy to go to Florida in about seven weeks. Jelski, I love that, man. People want to learn more about uh, Iowa Central. How can they find it? 
Iowa Central Rugby. Um, I mean, we have a, we have a good website to begin with. Uh, Coach Nelson does a good job uh, with us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but look us up. I mean, we're we're the only two year school, and we played division division one rugby. I mean, kids from here have been drafted. We've got kids now in the Eagles age grade programs. We got a lot of kids, a couple different ones at MLR teams, a couple more of them at MLR development teams. Uh, look us up. Uh, Coach Nelson handles all the social media, but uh, I believe it's ICCC uh, Tritons Rugby. Um, Facebook, Instagram, I know we're active on both of those. Well, Joski, man, I want to appreciate you for taking the time. It's great to talk. It's As always, it's great to talk with you, and I'm just excited where your rugby can, career continues to go, man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, dude. It's been fun watching what you've been doing with with uh, with sports memorabilia, with your museums, with your media. Like it's fun to see uh, fun to see people that uh, that we were college yahoos with uh, turn out to be inter- interesting adults. Absolutely, man. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Take it easy. That was another fun episode of Into the Unknown. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if it provides you any value or entertainment, I would love if you shared it with others liked subscribed and really just help the podcast grow again tell a friend tell a foe just anyone who might enjoy hearing some stories of people's own journeys and what got them to where they are today till next time